Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again today. First of all, a warning, I have both dogs with me in my recording studio, otherwise known as my closet. So there might be some dog noises in the background. (laughs) I just had a lovely but crazy couple of days. We had the opportunity to get together with my whole family, my siblings, their partners and children, including the ones who are away at college and the bonus kids, my mom, everyone for a couple of days. It was a short visit, but so good for my soul. And now, even though I'm pretty tired from a lot of travel and a very short amount of time, I'm definitely feeling better about heading back to work tomorrow. Because let me tell you, it has been a rough couple of weeks, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Every now and then, a series of events will crop up in just the right sequence, or just the wrong sequence, depending on how you're looking at things, to make it feel like things are just really miserable. And I'm not talking about sad or tragic times. Those fall into a totally different category. I'm talking about the times where it just feels like everything is thwarting you, the universe is out to get you, and everyone is either not helping at best or outright obstructionist at worst. You know, those times when you just hate everything and everyone. Now, of course, I want to make it clear that I do not actually hate anyone or anything. And when you're all having feelings like this, I know it's the same for you. Deep down, we know we're not actually having an emergency. We know, if we know anything about coaching at all, that it's not what's happening around us that's making us feel this way. It's the way we're thinking about it. But sometimes that knowledge just isn't enough to break the spell. Sometimes our brains are really, really intent on making sure we know, hey, everything sucks right now. Did you know that? Yeah, don't forget, everything's awful. So for my recent issue, things were really tight at work. We've been short-staffed to begin with, so work tends to feel like a lot, even when things are status quo. But we had a bunch of people unavailable at the same time. And it feels like the universe just knows when you're trying to run with a skeleton crew because, of course, the EDs are all blowing up, as are the transfers from outside hospitals. And right in the midst of the super busy stretch, I had some big projects that had to get done and some deadlines that needed to be met during a time where I was already feeling stretched thin just with the usual day-to-day tasks of work. And there were some personal life challenges sprinkled in, too. All in all, it started to feel like a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day on a repeating loop over and over. So way back in episode three, we covered how to turn your thoughts around when you know you're just making things worse. I told about the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad clinic day that I decided I was not going to let be as bad as my brain wanted to make it. So there's a time and a place for that, right? Life is not supposed to be all good and happy. There's supposed to be some ups and some downs. We don't want to try and use coaching to talk ourselves out of feeling bad sometimes. But we do want to recognize when we're wallowing or, in other words, making things worse than they need to be. There are some times when we can see the wallowing and be able to turn it around or maybe just tell ourselves to knock it off. But there are also times when you just need to let it suck for a while. 
the first thing to figure out is, is this a clean emotion that I need to experience or a not so clean one that I might need to do some work around, whether now or after I let things suck for a while? If it's something judgy, chances are you're wallowing or headed towards wallowing anyway. If you're putting a lot of time and energy into thinking things should be different than they actually are, if you're working really, really hard to fight reality, you might benefit from doing a little bit of thought work and trying to snap yourself out of it. Whereas if your predominant emotion is something cleaner like sadness, now's not the time for thought work and trying to change your state of mind. This is the time for some work on feeling those unpleasant feelings. But you might be feeling a really judgy emotion, or several as the case may be, and you might be well aware of it, but also feeling completely resistant to changing. So that's the second thing to figure out. Do I try and work on this now or just let it be? If your brain just really wants to throw a tantrum every time you try and reason with it, you're just not ready. I mean, sure, you can try and drag yourself there kicking and screaming, but it's probably not going to be the most successful thought work you've ever done. So the funk that I was in definitely matched both of those. Very judgy emotions and complete rejection of the idea that I could change them. There was the cognitive dissonance of knowing full well from a logical standpoint that I was creating my own misery, and yet also really believing it was impossible to change. So, time to just let things suck. Here are some of the emotions I was feeling. Crabby, irritated, annoyed, disrespected, disregarded. Hear all of the judgment there. Yeah, yuck. Not fun things to be feeling. Another one that was big was disappointment. And that made me think a little bit. Is disappointment a judgy emotion or is it a cleaner one? I think the answer is actually both. I think you can feel disappointment in a clean way, like my manuscript that I worked so hard on was rejected by my first choice journal. I'm sad. I hope for a different outcome. That kind of disappointment feels pretty clean. I think when it's related to another person, that's usually the judgy kind. If you're disappointed in someone for not living up to your standards, that's clearly judgy. And it will be especially painful for you if that standard was from your imaginary rule book. If you're disappointed by someone's actions or decisions, that's judgy. So if disappointment is your emotion, I do think it bears a little bit of scrutiny to decide if it's a clean disappointment that needs to be experienced for personal growth, or if it's just you hurting yourself. Well, what comes next? I have a theory that there's a spectrum or continuum of behaviors or reactions related to events that are not our favorite. So picture this like a Likert scale. The left end of the scale starts like this. At one, it would be something like, I am aware of events around me that are not to my liking or preference. And two would be, I'm aware that I'm thinking in a way that makes it seem like this is a problem for me. I'm fighting reality. And then three would be, I'm fighting reality and I'm really digging in. I'm just going to let things suck. If you're in one of those first three areas, you're still in control to some degree. The first one is the ideal, right? This is when you're at your best, most self-aware self, being able to identify the difference between facts, this thing happened or is happening, even if it wasn't my first choice, versus creating a story about it. 
The second one, you're starting to create a story about it, but you still kind of know what your brain is up to. Even that last one where you're fighting reality, what makes you still be in control at least a little is that you're aware. When you lose your awareness, the next stages on the scale as we head to the right would go something like this. Four would be wallowing and doing a little bit of buffering. Five would be engaging in a lot of buffering activities. And six would be engaging in destructive or self-destructive activities. Now, first off, I want you to notice how I phrased those last three steps on the spectrum. They didn't start with I am, because by definition, this is where you've lost your awareness, so you don't have a clear understanding of what you're creating in the moment. You may have times where you flip back and forth between stages. You might have moments of thinking, oh, hey, I think I'm wallowing, which means you're not currently in wallowing. You're back in one of the better stages where you have awareness. And you might hang out at your better stage for a good while, or you might be able to use that to go back up to full awareness and control, or you might drift back to wallowing. It's just how things go when you're in this sort of a funk. And if you're in that last stage, destructive or self-destructive activities, well, that's clearly a situation where coaching would not be appropriate. This is someone who needs the care of a qualified mental health professional. How would they seek it if they're not in awareness? Well, hopefully during those fluctuations, when they have moments of awareness, they might be able to see this. And hopefully their loved ones or close colleagues might be able to offer the suggestion even when they personally can't see it. Even that second to last one, buffering a lot, may or may not need more than coaching. It's definitely something to consider. As a quick reminder, buffering is any activity you're engaging in that has a net negative impact for you. If you run five miles because you're training for something and this is a step toward that goal, that's not buffering. If you run five miles because you love running and you love being outdoors and it makes your body and mind feel good, that's not buffering. If you run five miles because you know you're not in a good place mentally and you need to release some energy and clear your head so that you can later deal with things better, that's not buffering. But if you run five miles to try and get away from something, to keep from feeling something, to try and punish yourself for something, those all have a net negative for you. So in those cases, the running is buffering. It's not the activity itself that defines buffering. It's why you're doing it and what it's creating. Okay, so you know you're in a funk. You hate everything and everyone. You're bouncing up and down that scale between a three, I'm aware that I'm creating a story about this, but I'm digging in anyway, and a four, wallowing and or doing some degree of buffering. You know you're not ready to try and push yourself up to a one or two just yet. Here are some things you can do to try and keep yourself out of the five to six range. Stay the heck off social media. While social media can be great for many things, if you are currently hating everything and everyone, now is not the time for it. All you're going to see are either people who are having the times of their lives, or pretending to do so, or all of the ringleaders of discontent. The former are going to be interpreted by your brain as evidence that everyone else in the world is having a grand old time and here you are miserable. The latter will draw you in because they seem like kindred spirits and we like to feel like we're not alone and you'll find yourself deep, deep, deep down a rabbit hole of other people's grievances. 
you've got enough grievances of your own right now, you really don't need to be adopting anyone else's. Commit to more than the minimum necessary self-care. This means telling yourself, in addition to brushing my teeth, showering, etc., I'm going to do X today because I know that's good for my mind, my body, or both. If you're too crabby to do that moderate workout you had planned, you'll at least do a shorter one or an easier one. Or you'll set aside a few minutes with absolutely no distractions and do some meditation. Or you'll go outside and intentionally enjoy the feeling of fresh air in your lungs. Whatever kinds of things charge your battery, you'll pick at least one and do that at least a little. Decide ahead of time how you want to behave in an upcoming scenario that needs more emotional wherewithal than you have at the moment. So if you have a student in clinic, and that feels hard right now, this is not like in episode three when my clinic day was looking like five disasters waiting to happen, but I decided I was going to role model for my student how you roll with the punches and rev up your efficiency. Me that day, I was at a stage one, probably. I knew that things were not how I'd choose, but I also wasn't telling myself any stories about it. If you're at a three or worse, that's probably not going to happen today. But it might look like just telling the student at the beginning of the day, look, I'm in a bad mood today. It has nothing to do with you. We're going to make sure you get plenty of learning today. I'm going to answer all the questions you have. I just might not have the most sparkling personality in the world. And for me personally, I enjoy my patients in clinics so much, especially now after nearly two decades, all of the longtime patients that I really love seeing year after year. For me, even when I'm in this kind of a funk, I usually snap out of it the second I walk into the exam room. Now, it might be a temporary snapping out of it, but it's something. I know that not everyone feels the same way about clinic. It's just my experience. Which leads me to the next thing you can do. Commit to yourself that your foul mood will not affect the quality of patient care. You might not have the same energy or vibe as usual, but you'll put in the same amount of effort and critical thinking. And this can be a diagnostic test for you, too. If you try to commit to this and you find you're unable, you probably need some help. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So when you're hating everything and everyone and you're aware of the story you're telling yourself but digging in anyway, this is a great time to turn your verbal filter up to 11. All of those things that you want to say to people may seem really true and important right now, but they are not. This is not Festivus. And last, when all else fails, remind yourself that even though it feels so necessary right now to cling to hating everything and everyone, it's not. It's optional. The option to drop it is available to you whenever you're ready. This last funk that I had, I think I reminded myself this several times every day for a good few weeks. And while the idea of dropping it wasn't palatable at first, the reminder that I could, that I do have control, was a good one. Now, it's not, what's the matter with you? Why are you choosing to feel lousy? Why don't you just change? It's, hey, I know this feels really hard right now, but you've got this whenever you're ready. And on that, I think we've covered enough for today. Thanks for joining me. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back next time.
opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.